What's up? What's up? It's your boy, K. Steele. Welcome to Words of Wisdom. How's everybody doing? Listen, people, let's start off by saying, you know what? It's a beautiful day outside. It's, it's better to be seen and not viewed. You hear me? I'm on this side and not that side. I'm I'm in a good space and hope you are, too. So today, today, I just um, I'm usually giving tips and different things on self-improvement and and things of that nature. But today I want to do something a little bit different. I had a cousin reach out to me. He's a young man who believes in God and and everybody. This might not be for you. You know, what I mean, because some people, you know, they have their own rendition of God and self and all these other things. And they want to attack you for telling, you know, sharing your testimony. So if that's you, if you're that negative person, <laughs> you can go about your business. But this are this is just for those who want to just uh, understand why I came to God and this. I'm just sharing my testimony on some real talk. So I did not grow up in church. Um, I think we did the traditional thing every like Easter or something. We might get that Sunday best and wear that Easter outfit and then not go to church for the rest of the year. And um, when I was a kid, I had an auntie who took me to church. Oh, my God. It was the most boringest thing ever. And I will say, <laughs> I will say it was a couple moments in church that I was scared out of my mind as a kid. Um, so this auntie, she would take me to church. And uh, there's a couple of times where I was in the church and people were catching the Holy Ghost. And I was like, huh, what is that? First of all, I didn't know anything about church, period. So to see people hopping around, one lady was on side of me and she couldn't contain herself. She was like, her eyes looked like they rolled in back her head. I don't know if she was doing a running man or twerk. I don't know what she was doing, but she was just jumping and couldn't control herself. And it scared me because of the way she was doing it. I don't know. And it looked like she really couldn't contain herself. It looked like she was in a trance or something. And I was like, eh, whatever she got, I don't want it. And I remember seeing those kind of things at certain churches. And it wasn't at everybody's church. But my aunt went to a couple of churches. One was born as I don't know what. You found yourself sleeping in the pews all the time. The other one, it was the Holy Ghost Church. And people bouncing and jumping and running around the church, all that kind of stuff. So it was either one extreme or the other. And so growing up, not going, uh, uh, not really understanding why people went to church so much. Um, I used to have all kind of like little spiritual encounters. And um, I don't want to tell you too many stories because it'll be this podcast will be long as I don't know what. But I had a lot of spiritual encounters as a kid. And I remember um, there are certain things that happened to me as a child that Jesus revealed himself that way, not not physically say by sight, but just his name and the power and authority of his name helped me. And so I'm going to tell you why. Um, there's a situation, there's situations where, uh, when I was younger, I used to, uh, uh, when I would go to sleep, I would have these, these, they call them night terrors or wherever they are. And I felt it almost physically. And I was asleep, if that makes any sense. And I remember, um, feeling like somebody would choke me and hold my mouth down and it felt like a physical person doing it to where I couldn't. It's almost like I couldn't come out of my sleep and I couldn't do anything. So in the, in the midst of me trying to say I would call my parents, I would call whoever. I never thought at first to call Jesus. Right. And I was just like, man, God, I don't know what's up. And um, I used to have all these attacks. And I would tell my mom about them and she'd be like, oh, them is just nightmares or whatever. And I'm like, nah, these are physical. Mom, like this is just too much. Um, and then there was this one incident. Uh, this happened several times 
where um, I was getting choked. It felt like somebody physically sat on my side, sat on my stomach. And I was I was a teenager at the time. And this 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 thing sat on my stomach and it was heavy. Whatever it was, it was heavy to where it took the wind out of me. And then I felt my neck being choked and my mouth was being covered. And by then, someone had told me, if you can't say the name Jesus, just think it. And I remember in my head, I just kept saying it over and over because every time I would think of everybody else's name, like my mom, my dad, somebody to come help me, that it would never release. And you can believe this or not, but I would think over and over the name Jesus until I believed it. And, and, and all of a sudden, the hand would be removed from my mouth away from my throat. And then whatever it was would literally just get up off me and I would wake up terrified. Right. But I couldn't. Um, and my throat would still be swollen. So I run in the room and it sounded like I was gargling water. And so I would wake my mom up and I'm like, mom, mom, mom. So she said, what's wrong? So I barely can talk. And I'm like, I need to go to the hospital. And she says, what's going on? And so she would look at my throat and it'd be crazy swollen, just out of the blue, just swollen. So we would have to rush to the hospital. So on the way to the hospital, even though we didn't go to church a lot, she prayed. And by the time we get to the hospital, my throat would be cleared up and they would say there's no signs to anything. And so they were, you know, my mom be like, what? What do you mean? There's no signs to anything. So what ended up happening is we go back home. My throat was fine. And then this would happen to me several times uh, a month. Right. And so. I just began to just cry out to Jesus. I was like, look, if you're real, show me. And so um, I would have these encounters. And so um, <laughs> it's funny because I would be kicking with my boys, doing all the dirt, drinking a little bit, every blue moon, smoke a little weed. Right. And then just out of the blue, I would say, man, some don't feel right. Everything that I was feeding my flesh was not working. I mean, literally, I started to feel empty. And then out of the blue, as a teenager, not going to church, out of the blue, I would say, man, I need to go to church. And my partners, they called me conscience. Because every time they want to do something stupid, I'd be like, hey, I don't think we should do that. Right. So I was their conscience. <laughs> but what happened was we'll be doing some dirt. And then out of the blue, I'd be like, man, I'm feeling my spirit is feeling empty. I need to go do something. I need to go to church. And they would like, conscious, you tripping. Like, what you mean you need to go to church? You ain't went to church before. Like, what do you mean? I say, I don't know. I just need to go to church. So that weekend I would go to church and I would feel feel like it's, it's, it's a different feeling you get when you go to the right church or whatever. And I felt full. My spirit felt like I can go some more time without going back to church. So that's what I did. I spent a lot of time, you know, as I grew, uh, got older, um, yeah, I would read my my by then. I probably had a Bible or something around the house somewhere. I begin to read a little bit of it, um, but I still did what I wanted to do. I mean, it got so bad to where like when I was in high school, I didn't get a lot of attention from women. But I started getting a lot of attention when I got older, when I started running track in college. I'm hitting the clubs. I'm doing all these things. Right. And. Um, that's what I did. But even then, every blue moon, somebody would invite me to church all the time. And then there's been a couple of times where people would prophesy. And that's like somebody telling you something about you. 
that supposedly only God knows. Right. But it would confirm with my spirit what they were saying about me. And so I said, man, OK, this is OK. It got to be something to this because I keep hearing it from people. It wasn't just somebody saying something. Um, I just kept hearing it from people. And so I would go to church and I felt like I, I always want to help. I always want to serve and help inside the church. And so uh, I began to stop doing what I was doing. I said, if I'm a follow him, I'm, I'm going to do it the right way. But this is this is the, the thing that that changed my life on some real talk. Every time I would go to church, I always see these people falling out and I always have these moments. And I said to myself, I say, you know what? There got to be something different. Like I said, look, God, because you know me, you created me. I said, yes, I do believe that you're here. And since everybody's experience is different, I really said this out loud. I said, since everybody's experience is different, I need you to do me a favor, Lord. I said, show me in a way that there's no denying who you are. I said, um, you know, make yourself real to me. I've had experiences where I believe you, you had something to do with it, but show me who you are. Um, and I had an experience. I had a real life encounter. I had just got back with my ex-wife and um, have been back with her for maybe a year or so. And, and things are still the same. You know, we we're going through all the ups and downs and all that other crap. And um, I remember uh, I was modeling. I was doing some kind of modeling at the time. And um, this is just my transparency for, for those who want to judge me. You can judge me. But this is my transparency. God uh, showed up in such a way. I had no choice but to change my behavior. Um, there was a Mexican girl that I had cheated with. And so, um, it was one of those situations where by the second time I did it, I was completely like, I couldn't even focus on anything because I knew I felt it. It was wrong the first time, but the second time was completely out of order. And I was like, I shouldn't even be here. And the fact that, you know, my wife is, is horrible. And so what ended up happening is I literally just got up in the middle of everything. I just got up and I left and I, and I was feeling horrible. And I was like, God, show me who you are. This this is not who I am. And so I was driving my own taxi at the time. And I got a call one day and I go pick up this woman. And what I used to do is I used to take my cup, my ring and put it in the cup holder. And most of my clients were women. I dress I dressed a certain way, you know, usually probably in some slacks and some, you know, button up shirts smelling good. I, lo I love colognes. Uh, my birthday is coming up. Y'all, if y'all want to, you know, hug a boy up. I like colognes, <laughs> but on some real talk. So. Um, so when the women would get in the car, whoever got in the car, the car stayed clean, smelled good. I dressed nice. So most of my clients were women. Now. I didn't have any a bunch of random numbers um, in my phone or anything like that. Right. But most of my clients were women. So they would call me. I go pick them up, take them home, whatever. So that wasn't an issue. The Mexican girl was the issue. But I felt in my spirit I was going to have to tell my wife that I cheated after we had really got back together. Right. And so I picked this lady up and I'm and I'm driving and uh she gets in a car. She tells me where she's going. And it's already nighttime. My hand is on the steering wheel and it's facing forward. My left hand. And she says, um, hey, young man, how you doing? I'm like, I'm good, man. She tell me where we going. 
and she say, are you in a relationship? Now check this out. <laughs> this is when I knew I was in trouble. I say, yes, ma'am. She say, then where's your wedding ring at? Very simple. I said, ooh, we, right? And I put the, um, I took the wedding ring and put it back on my finger. Like I said, I never met this woman. So immediately she says, I keep hearing a ring. And I say, well, what's that? Um, I only have on the wedding ring. What happened was I had did a, a modeling shoot or something and I had borrowed my cousin's, uh, I think it was my cousin, um, bor borrowed some diamond earrings. And she said, tell him, she said, I need you to take it off. She said, the spirits that are on him is trying to get to you. And I was like, what? She said, yeah, what he's doing, tell him that God is not happy. So whatever my relative or the friend, I it, it might've been a relative, or it might've been a friend, whoever it was, God told me to relay the message. Hey, he's not happy. So that was between him and God. But I gave those earrings back, trust and believe. So what happened was I'm driving um, and a 20 minute ride turns into two hours. There are certain things she was confirming about me. And when she would say certain things, she would say, oh, Jesus. And before I can think it within a millisecond of me thinking it, she would say, that's it. And she would talk about that, what I was thinking about. And this wasn't for a free cab ride or anything of that nature. She says, listen, young man, you're going to have to. She said, you have a wandering eye. She said, you need to. Uh, um, the, the friend, the female friends that you have. Because I used to when me and my ex-wife would go at it, um, I would call the female friend like and they would give me advice on how to deal with the situation. So these women, I weren't even interactive with like in anything sexual. It was like they were literally giving me advice to help my situation, not justifying it, but I'm just saying. So I said, wow, OK, no problem. So I had to delete those those women in my phone. Then she says, you got to repent. Now, this is when I knew um, this is a matter of my marriage. This was going to really put the nail in the coffin. She says, young man, you're going to have to repent to God and you're going to have to repent to your wife. And I knew right then and there, my, my, my ex-wife was dealing. She, she already dealt with unforgiveness. And so I had to be open and honest about what I did, you know. So um, what I didn't share was back about 20 years ago, I got hit by a car. And so for almost uh, maybe 10 years, I had. Um, I had back issues, uh, my lower back. Um, I went to a chiropractor, all that kind of stuff. They said by the time I turned 30, I was going to be, you know, a wheelchair and all that other crap. So I used to have back issues. So during this this time with this woman, uh, this woman of God, um, we are sitting. She's talking to me, all that kind of stuff. And she's like, you're going to have to repent. And there's so much more to the story, but I don't want to drag it out. So eventually I had to use the bathroom really bad. Right. And I was like, oh, my God, I got to go to the restroom. And she says, well, God already told me it's OK. You can use mine. And I was like, ma'am, I don't go into people's houses um, just to protect the, me, protect the business. I, I just don't do it. And she says, no, she was very insistent. And for whatever reason, I had to use the bathroom like nobody's business, y'all, for real, for real. So the moment uh, and, and I, I knew this was all planned. You know, God had this thing situated I me mean, uh, set up. I go to the woman's house. And she opens the front door. And to this day, I've never been in a church that felt this good. When I walked in her house, it felt like I had just jumped in a 
uh, a pool of like cool mints or something like a peppermint patty. Like it was such a like I immediately get chills over my whole body. And it was almost like when you drink a um, some like say you eat a peppermint candy and you got that real cool feeling in the back of your throat. Well, that was over the outside and the inside of my whole body. It lit up like a tune fork and I have goosebumps everywhere. And I'm like, oh, my God, what the heck did I just step into? Right. And this woman, it was very simple. She had scriptures in like frames, really nice uh, decorum in her apartment. She had like soft music playing over in the corner. She had some candles burning and then she had um, a radio playing like some soft um, worship music. And then um, she showed me where the bathroom is and I go to the bathroom and I come out and she says, I'm supposed to do something for you. And I said, okay. And I remember her, she says, um, this, she, she, she pulled up this little vial thing that she had. She says, well, I, I prayed over this oil and uh, God told me to do something. So I said, okay, no problem. And so I'm standing in her kitchen and she, she rubbed some blessed oil on her hand. She, she rubbed some oil on her hand and she put her hand on the small of my back and on my sternum area, my, the bottom of my chest or whatever. And this is the thing. The whole chest thing. So the bottom of my back was from a car accident. The chest thing was when I used to um, drive. Um, I'm a trucker by trade. When I used to drive for Pepsi, I used to drink a lot of Pepsis. And I used to get this. Um, it felt like somebody sucker punched me. Um, I used to get this thing. I didn't know if it was ulcers or whatever, but it felt like somebody punched me every time I would drink a Pepsi after a while. To the point to where it was so severe, I went to the hospital. I did like 25 tests. They couldn't find anything wrong with me. And so that just, you know, I stopped drinking Pepsis as much and started drinking more water and, and whatever else. And then they gave me like Prevacid for stomach ulcers, even though they didn't find that kind of stuff. So now I'm back in it. So I'm in the kitchen. She lay her hands on the small of my back and then she lays it on my sternum area. And all she said, she said, in the name of Jesus. And when she did that, she didn't do a long, drawn-out prayer. You know, some pastors get to doing too much. But she's saying the name of Jesus. And I had this. It felt like I had just drunk some warm tea. All the pain that I had been feeling for years, honest to God, man, like for years, just it felt like it melted away. And when it, it, it just went down and I was like, oh, snap. So the pain in my chest area, my back just went away. And she says to me, do you know why the doctors didn't have anything, couldn't find anything wrong with you? Now, mind you, I never told this woman anything about me. So by now, by this far in the story, I know you guys know God had a different plan. You know what I mean? He he really set this situation up. And he says, um, she says, you know why the doctors didn't find anything wrong with you? I say, yes. Uh, no, ma'am. Like, what is it? And she was like, God has something important for you to do in the kingdom. And the devil's been trying to take you out. So when I look at my life, I didn't broke all kind of bones. I've had all kind of stitches. I've been hit by a car. All this, that my hips was jacked up for a while. It, it, it's just all these different things has happened to me. And so I was blessed. And then I was told she gave me the oil and she was like, look, God wants you to go. You need to go pray over your mother. And I prayed over somebody else and and different things. So. Um, to fast forward, say with my wife's situation, there was something she said in the car before I left, <clears throat> before we even went in the house, she said, it's okay to pull over. I didn't understand that, but she said, it's okay to pull over. So check it out, y'all. Um, I'm leaving, I'm going to the house and I know it's heavy on my heart. I need to face 
I got to repent to God, but I also got to face my wife. Right. And I remember calling her because I couldn't wait until I got to the house. I called her and she say, uh, I'm talking to her about it. And I say, are you sitting down? She said, what is it? She said, is it the Mexican girl? So she felt something before I even had a number, before I even talked to the girl like that. Honest to God, like my, my ex-wife just knew she had that discernment. Um, it was like months before I even got a number from the girl. Um, she just felt something about the girl. She said, it's something about this girl I don't like. And I was like, oh, OK, I didn't think nothing of it. So when I when I when I repent to my wife, that was the first time in my life I ever felt a shame and a guilt like I've never felt like I, I told I promised myself and and I'm actually I thank God from that situation. You know, I was a changed man, literally, um, even though it cost me my marriage. Um, I've never cheated on a woman since then. You know, what I mean, so this, that's the blessing of it. Um, but I had to pull over and then I understood why the lady told me to pull over. I had to pull over because I began to weep. And I couldn't contain myself like it was a that hard sob. Like I, I heard a woman I love and I was like, man, I'll never do this again. So uh, fast forward. Um, you know, I had to pray and, and, and go through some things and my 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 ex-wife couldn't forgive me. And and I didn't blame her. You know, what I mean, I was like, you know, one day you'll get your heart to forgive me. So I am consistently walking in love toward any woman that I've ever dated. And so that was my real turnaround to start pursuing God a lot more. Um, I've, I have plenty more stories. This thing can go on and on. I've been in a situation where in one year I was always around people. Um, I, oh, man, this is even before that. I think I decided to call myself going back to the club or something and one year there was three club incidents and there was it, it involves guns and, and on the last incident a bullet went through my boot and I was like and I didn't feel like it was my time to go or anything like that but I'm just I'm really cutting this story short but I'm saying over time I started to realize God really has his hand on my life so if this is resonating with anybody this is just my testimony this is not to persuade people hey you got to follow uh, um, uh, uh, Jesus Christ and nothing like that. I'm saying this is how I learned and grew and to develop my personal relationship is because he showed himself in different ways to me. And so in the process, there's nobody that can shake my faith because of what I've been through. I've been healed from nerve damage in my arms. I've been healed from back damage from a car accident. I've been healed in my sternum area. I've been healed uh, from the broken bones and the different things. Um, so when I say this, I'm saying it from my own personal relationship and my own personal conviction. This is the reason why I trust and I honor God the way I do and the way I share his love. So I hope this wasn't just mere entertainment. Maybe this helped you get to a place of understanding that God is way more than just a religion. You know, believing in Jesus was is, is way more than just a religion. And now real quick, before I get off and, and, and I'll cut this real short, um, check this out. The lady that God used to minister to me and to, um, use as a vessel to heal my body. Um, the reason why God would use her, this wasn't for a free cab rider or some psychic thing. 
The reason why God would use her is because she had been through some things. This woman had been a prostitute. She had been a drug addict. She had been to a place where she said she used to say, God, if you're real, how come I got to go through all these pains, these trials, these tribulations? And she felt worthless. And so there are some things that happened in her life that God said, I'm going to show you who I am. And so he would use her to minister to people no matter where it was at. And there was this um, story she had told me, a real short one, where there was times when God would send her down an alley and she would hear him say, go down to the alley. One of my children, somebody I love is behind that dumpster. And I need you to go tell them that I love them and to come back to me. And she said there's times she would be frightened and, and, and terrified, but she would walk down that alley. And sure enough, somebody was uh, down behind that dumpster, either doing drugs or homeless or whatever. And she would share the love of God with them. And then she would leave. And that was, and the people would cry and be like, oh my God, I thought God forgot about me. And, and so that's why God was using this woman because she felt like um, she was worthless. She felt like she had no purpose. So God used her to save a lot of lives. And to be honest with you, she, God used her to save my life. And because of that, I stopped doing all the reckless things that I was doing. So I hope this wasn't too long. If you guys want to know more about whatever, I got more stories, but I try not to make this, you know, <laughs> too out of, uh, you know, too out of sorts as far as like the time goes. Um, listen, you know, God loves you. And if you really want to know who he is, you know, the, the, you know, he's going to reach you to where you're at. And just like he reached me to where I'm at. That's why I'm so transparent about talking about, you know, he saved my life. He saved me from cheating. He saved me from a lot of different things. And so that's why I love sharing, you know, who he is uh, to me. OK, that's just my own personal testimony. So, hey, cousin Brandon, shout out to you, man. Hopefully this is uh, what you were looking for when you asked me to share my testimony with others. Um, love you. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Share the podcast. Um, hey, you can reach me on Kendrick Steele for more words of uh, uh, motivation and different things. Uh, Kendrick Steele, like Standing Steele on Facebook, uh, Twitter, um, on Instagram. It's uh, Creative Ambition, C-R-E-A-T-V-A-M-B-I-T-I-O-N. And also on YouTube, I'm starting to do videos and I'm getting better at it. It's the same to uh, Creative Ambition. Love y'all. Talk to y'all soon. Peace out.